I'm Mina Starziak-Hawk, and this is Mina AF, where I answer all of your questions and you can ask me anything. Can we talk about money? Can you still breastfeed with implants? You're both boss moms, and I'd love to know the story of how you met. Literally anything any of you want to hear. Listen as we build a community and get to know each other better. Today, I am sitting down with my handsome husband, Steve Hawk, and I'm sure you'll be in several episodes, but we're starting with a tough one. We're going to probably give a little background of like the the start of our relationship, but um, really kind of talk about the first five years and the losses that we've both experienced mostly um, in Steve's family and how that's affected us, how we've you know, worked through it, how we've dealt with it, how we're still dealing with it. The topic um, of grief. Yeah. So grief, loss, um, it's going to be a heavy one. So I got my Kleenex. Bear with us. He did. He brought in a box of Kleenex because yeah. I have a cold black heart. It's but not true. No, I, 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 Steve is more in touch with his emotions than I am. So where do you want to start? Well, it's your podcast, Mina. Well, let's just start at the beginning. Hi. Uh, hi. I so oh, I love you. We... Met and we got married in 2016. 2016, it's on my finger. It's on his finger. Well, I guess that's, I need to back up even further because the first big loss was your best friend, Drew, Drew yeah. who I got to know for about a year. Mm-hmm. So Andrew James Wichker was, um, he grew up uh, down the street from us. And so I pretty much knew him, you know, my whole life. You know, growing up, he was always around. He was like my my older uh, brother, Chris, uh, they were the same age, so they were like best friends. And then kind of as we grew up a little bit, uh, him and I got a little closer just because we um, stayed in Indianapolis and Chris m- had, had moved away. And um, don't do that. Don't <laughs> hold your hand. Yeah, Shit, I, I held his hand and cry. now he's crying. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, Drew and I actually lived together for like five years, which was phenomenal. On was a solid a- diet of pizza. And yeah, well, yeah. I don't know what your drink of choice was, but pizza pretty much was right. the staple in the house. I'm trying to remember the cheap bourbon that we always used to get. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, living, we lived together for uh, like five years, which was just awesome. And and it was just funny because um, we were like a pair, you know? Yeah. And that was just kind of how we were known. Pat McGovern's wife at one time was... I think I might have shown up to their house um, without Drew, and she was like, "OMG, this never happened." Well, I was like, "Oh, he had to drive separate because he's coming." Yeah, he'll be here momentarily. You guys definitely were. Yeah, aware. we were just a pair, um, you know, because we lived together and we had uh, similar friends and things like that. So when I first met Drew, um, mm-hmm. I was living at my first house in Fountain Square. He's just unique soul. Oh my gosh, unique soul, just very like happy, loves everyone, everything's okay. And I specifically remember mom being over there at the time. And I went inside to like get him a beer or something. And I came back out onto the front porch and she was massaging his feet. I remember. And that's weird. And they were- To you and I. Yes, to us. And they were just yucking it up, having a good old time. And Drew didn't, you know, it wasn't- He had also had just finished up his uh, massage therapy, kinesiology. Oh, so I'm sure they were talking about Program, that. So naturally, I'm certain that in the 12 seconds we were gone, <laughs> pop your socks off, <laughs> yeah. get a massage. But um, I think that just you know was very much him in a nutshell. And I, I never was... met anybody um, like him prior, and I never will. He's just a good soul, and, and we just had so much fun and so many great conversations. That was yeah. kind of like what drew, and still to this day, and matter of fact, his name has been brought up a few times on um, my indie guys thread text thread uh, this mm-hmm. morning uh, and i think that says a lot you know seven years later and your name yeah. still gets brought up in a situation um, and know, i think for a little bit more context we won't go deep into it um in this episode i imagine we will at some point but at this point when i met you you didn't have a strong relationship with your parents because they were going through their own struggles so drew was like drew was your world yeah stuff yeah drew was definitely uh, holding a lot of things together for me, um, uh, which was helpful. And like you mentioned, Steph too. And, and Steph and Drew had a very uh, unique bond as well. Yeah. And we all grew up together. You yeah. Know? Uh, Drew had a younger sister, Gracie. Yeah. We were all, we all grew up and I've got, you know, plenty of photos of us young and, and that's nice. And I Steph. think something that also just spoke to how awesome of a human he was, like I came in and I took you. Yeah. And it wasn't a thing. It wasn't. Mm-mm. 
it was just like, oh, now I have Steve and this other cool person. Yeah, I think he was very happy, you know, for me, obviously. And 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 it was like, oh, and I love Fountain Square, too. You know, I mean, Drew was like, yeah. this is great. She lives in this neighborhood yeah. that I also really enjoy. So, yeah, there was um, I am glad I'm very happy that you got to um, experience his, you know, love. Yes. Um, and Charlotte is his namesake. So she's Charlotte Drew. Um, so she's named after him. Yes, and I thank you for. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to talk through like what happened with him or if you want me to. Um, yeah. So sorry for the listeners out there if there's one of you or uh, a couple million of you, but it is. Uh, hard for me so and also to uh you know dead air time on a podcast is not good i understand <laughs> that but just some give me a little yeah grace yeah um yeah so unfortunately drew was involved in a uh, car accident and i think maybe we'll leave it at that yeah and it was it was a bad accident and it was fatal and i think Painless from what the uh, yeah. EMT uh, described. He, that, don't know, not, not quite sure why he had a thing with seatbelts. Didn't love him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was in 2015. Man, yeah, it would have had to have been. Um, yeah. Yeah, 2015. And we had only we had been together about a year. Yeah. And so not only was it this massive trauma in your life, it was how do I support you in this time when like we were still so new and yeah. in that and when we got the call. Yeah. Well, I just, so uh, I believe it was a, a Sunday morning relatively early and my buddy Ryan, Jake Jacobs had called my phone, which is a incredibly rare thing to happen, especially on a Sunday morning. Right. Mm -hmm. So I kind of hit the, like my brain was like, why would Jake be calling me? I had to climb. And then a, Within seconds, my other great friend, Ryan Schwabuck, called me. So I knew um, something was going on. Something was happening. And poor Ryan, uh, poor both Ryans, um, Ryan Schwabuck just kind of, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to tell you, but. Yeah, he had passed away. And I wasn't obviously, I didn't hear what was happening. And it was just like. I fell. Yeah. Yeah. I literally um, fell to the floor, which is interesting because I was actually listening to a podcast last week in which somebody said, like, have you ever heard news so shocking that you actually fall to the floor? And, and the host of this particular podcast was like, I don't believe it ever happens. And I, here I am. I'm like, yeah. it's happened to me. Yeah. Um, my, I, I literally fell to the floor. And you, I, I imagine you were just like, what in the heck just happened? Mm -hmm. And I think I just like screamed out, you know. Drew's dead or Drew passed away or uh, Drew was in a fatal car accident. I mean, if I'm being very honest, I I was terrified. Sure. That I was terrified. Frightening. I was terrified for you. I was terrified for us. And selfishly, I was scared for myself because I was like, I I don't know what to do. I don't know. Yeah. There's nothing you do. Like, what do you do? What do you say? I don't know if there was anything I said or did at the time that was hopefully mm -hmm. consoling. But yeah. Eventually, my I, I called my mom. Yeah, and she came over immediately. And <laughs> I do remember laying on remember the yellow couch that we used to have in the living room that we never ever used. No, <laughs> <laughs> I just laid there on her lap for a few hours, and she just you know kind of yeah. played with my hair. I think sometimes that's all that you can do. Just be there. Just be there. I just remember thinking, like, how, how am I going to um, go about tomorrow? Yeah. And that's a heavy load for any, um, you know, I was, we were, this is, this is a long time, you know, early yeah, 30s. Seven years ago. Coming up. Yeah, I think coming up on eight. So. Um, well, and I think when anyone has a certain amount of grief, you can kind of go into that, like, planning, problem solving, like, thing where it's like, okay, this is the funeral. These are the things that we need to do. And that can be a little, uh, a good distraction for a while. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, you know, almost immediately, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone with 
uh, Jim and Cindy, who are the parents, and you know they're making arrangements and um, very religious family, and so the um, uh, those were the arrangements were set. I was a pallbearer, which was that's yeah. tough, but um, happy that I had the honor and. Yeah, I think that we all kind of like went out to uh, maybe a dinner after the all the services. Yeah, we had um, a celebration. And we had a celebration at our, at our, at our house. house. Yeah, which I. Yeah, um, but everyone came. Everybody came we all and got I have, together. I still look at that picture all the time. It's everybody. Picture. Yeah, and um, it's a lot of people, and we all uh, we all had pizza and, and bourbon. Yeah, because that was Drew's thing, and um, but like I mentioned earlier, and then that that kind of starts like day one, you know. Yeah. Pretty quickly after that, I'm not sure if we were engaged before or after he passed, but we got married the next year. Yeah. So there was a lot. We got married the next year. We also had Julie that year after we got married. So I think there was a lot of things going on with that. And then Mm -hmm. even for the wedding, I think uh, one of the through threads, a lot of the questions was, you know, how, how do you deal with grief? How do you honor that grief? How do you honor the person that's passed? And even in our wedding, you know, we had to have some real conversations about how to honor him in a yeah. way that also honors what we need. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we, because um, he was going to be my best man and in my head, <laughs> without having the conversation with you, you know, there would be like a space where next to me or um, a chair next to me with some sort of. Drew Wichker. I think um, we talked about his football jersey. Yeah, football jersey. He played football for Purdue. And one of the things that I do love about you is that you can't you can be very delicate in conversations when you need to be. And you're like, um, yes, I see the track that 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 you'd like to go on with this, but this is our also this is our day. It was it was it was obviously a delicate and tough conversation because. 100% wanting to honor this person who I only got to know for a year and was important in my life. Yeah. So I still can't even grasp how important he was in yours. And also thinking about, okay, every time we look at our wedding pictures, yeah. do we want to think about that we didn't get to have Drew there? Or do right. we want to think about all the amazing things and then look at our daughter and remember Drew? Right. And, and yeah. obviously, and we it didn't, didn't have you Charlie didn't like at have the time. To, you weren't like no. convincing me of anything. You were just like, hey, how about we have a, you know, we kind of table that and we have a conversation on what that looks like. But yes, we're going to do something, but there's not going to be an empty space next to you for our wedding photos when, you know, we're old and looking back on it. It's just kind of like a wah, wah moment yeah. instead of like a, a cheerful moment. So what we ended up doing, which I love this photo. I love it so much. We took his football jersey and we placed it essentially behind the family. He was the first one on the route. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And um not even sure if I've even shared this with you. The neck like the next person that you can see, it's right, right kind of kitty corner from um Drew's seat is Pat Donovan. Who recently passed as Yeah. Life. So it's a really good picture. And it means a lot to me. And I'm happy that we were able to honor him in a way that was appropriate. Um, for everybody. And I, you know, not, can't really speak for Drew, but I think in a way that he would have, that he would appreciate, he would like, he would. Two thumbs up from Drew, I imagine. Yeah, two thumbs up. Yeah. And at that, by that time, you know, Rick and Sally were there, Steve's mom and dad. Yeah. um, Because that relationship was getting worked on and Mm -hmm. mended. Um, So the fact that you were able to have them there. Very, very helpful. During that loss during the big moments where the loss gets remembered, like our wedding, I think was huge for you. And and honestly, for me too, because I'm not the most in touch with my emotions, other people's emotions. Like I, my way to help is to like, what's the problem? I can fix it. Right. And that's usually the least helpful thing in the oh. world. So it was a godsend to me for you to have other people to help to lean on. Yeah. I, I, I remember Steve Katzenberger called me every day for like seven months. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. And that that meant a lot to me too because he knew the impact, you know, mm-hmm. and my 
my mom and dad would, you know, reach out to me every day. How you doing? You know, give me a scale. Where are you at? You know, are you yeah. at five or you at ten? And certainly uh, grief comes in tens and grief comes in twos. So, Well, um, and in waves. I've found that over the last 10 years we've been together, there's times that to me seem completely nonsensical that this emotion came up. But I for, have for that, me. yeah. But yeah, I have yeah, that yeah. same experience with with emotions that I'm having as well. Yeah. So it can be the smallest thing, like you know, you see Charlie laugh, and then you know you're just in tears yeah, because yeah. Drew would have loved to yeah, meet oh, her. Yeah. Drew would have, he would have been the best uncle, yeah, ever. He would have given her everything she wanted. <laughs> yeah. It would have been great. So, me and a, a couple other buddies kind of created a, a charity golf outing the next spring. It lasted. Unfortunately, COVID came around and yeah. and uh, kind of put a hopefully te- I don't know, I'm not sure temporary a temporary stop. stop to it, but um, couldn't do it that year. You know, couldn't do it for COVID, but we had done it for I believe five or six years um, and very very successful in my opinion. Oh yeah, I mean, we I think we've probably raised over a hundred thousand dollars to a very um, lovely charity that Drew's dad is uh, still mm-hmm. involved in. So. The number of it's it's almost it, the number of people that were involved and donate and come and give up their day and you know again like donate items for raffles and just just involved. I, I, <laughs> I hate to make this about me for a second, but I'm always like, shit. <laughs> I don't think this would happen if it were me. Oh. That's just how good of a good. That's yeah, just how he good touched of a, a lot of people in a very was. very unique way. You know, yeah. There's just not a lot of people out out there that um when you move on you you get this you know we watch a lot of id network and we joke all the time because everyone that's passed was the best person and they were so kind to everyone and they made everyone laugh and i'm like what would people say about me well um but i think as far as the grieving process too the golf outing gave you guys a purpose. Mm-hmm. It gave a time mm-hmm. where he was honored. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the, the things that were involved in that, so there's obviously planning throughout the year. And then right. there was this day and having that purpose because you can't do anything. No one can do anything to change it or undo it or take the grief away. But you guys found a really amazing way to honor all of your grief, honor him mm-hmm. and put it towards something that was meaningful to his family and him. And I think sometimes people can get lost in the grief and that's when you know you don't know where to go and you don't know what to do so if you can find some kind of purpose yeah i i agree i think that it was helpful for all of us um to get together i mean we typically start the planning process ideally we would have a golf outing in april we like to do it the last weekend in april and i mean we would start the process in probably uh december or you know Mm -hmm. uh, around that time no, no, no later than uh, the, the new year. It takes months and it's hard work. And um, there, there was a lot of kids born in between that time. We liked to do them in person just because I think you can mm-hmm. uh, bounce ideas back and forth better than, uh, you know, like a Skype yeah. type of meeting. So we tried to do once a week, once every two weeks at least. Um, well, and it was a very successful um charity event that we were able to put on for years. EarthBreeze Eco Sheets look just like a dryer sheet, but it's an ultra concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It is the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and your skin. I absolutely love them. They're so convenient. They take up very little space and you don't have the giant bulky jugs that always leak no matter how hard I try. One EarthBreeze Eco Sheet does all the hard work for you. And these tiny sheets can stop millions of detergent jugs from entering our ecosystem. Not only is it better for the planet, but EarthBreeze is also better for sensitive skin. EarthBreeze Eco Sheets are dermatologist tested, hypoallergenic, and free of bleach, dyes, and parabens. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I've actually done something good just by doing my laundry. I think you should give it a try, and if you decide to go back to your old stuff for whatever reason, you get a full refund on your EarthBreeze purchase, no questions asked. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash minaaf. That's earthbreeze.com slash minaaf 
to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. EarthBreeze.com slash AF. Eating better is so easy with Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals. All their meals are chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. With over 35 different options to choose from every single week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. My absolute favorite meal from them was a shrimp pasta one, and that is hard to do in a warmed-up meal, and they were so perfect. They also have more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. That's right, no prep and no mess. We've done the math, and Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 and use code MinaAF50 to get 50% off. That's code MinaAF50 at factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 to get 50% off. And like I said, that was very early in our relationship. And then, you know, I think at that point, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but, you know, Drew passed away. We had already, you know, experienced smaller things before that as a couple, but then got married. And when we got back from our honeymoon, we had a two-year-old because we had my niece for a year when um, my sister was struggling. So, you know. I think she was one and a half. Yeah, she was one. I think she was one and a half to two and a half. She's about Charlie's age right now. And so I think even just those were like, oh my gosh, we've already lived 10 years of a life together. We've, you know, had a kid and then got pregnant with our own. And, and during that time, we, I think, developed a very strong relationship with your parents by yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. And the people that I met were just the most amazing, yeah. like sweet souls in the world. Yeah, I had, I had, uh, I had great parents. I, I truly parent the way that I was parented. Yeah, uh, for good or for worse. Yeah, depending I on think we all uh, the situation. Too, right? Yeah, I immensely feel terrible for uh, young adults, adults, and you know, even kids in the moment that. That don't have I don't have that mm-hmm. really um, breaks my heart because I had the most uh, supportive, loving, kind. My mom was a nurse, you know. Yeah, the nurses are are very special people. And Rick and Sally were ride or die. They were yep. they've been together since they were yeah like sixteen sixteen. So yeah. high school sweethearts, married forty four years. Yeah, forty. I think they were yeah forty five years um, or so. And and so I was. I remember. Um, I was pretty pregnant with Jack and Sally got sick. Yeah. She was diagnosed and she died 19, 19 days later. Yeah. It was very quick. Yep. The process with, with uh, my mom, Sally Julian Hawk, it was a very quick um, situation. It was uh, essentially stomach cancer, but um, there's a lot of, there are a lot of things in the, you know, the intestines and yeah. the stomach and stuff and it, and it can get, get, real downhill real quick i uh received you were traveling from do you remember no but i, I know either. i was out of town you're out of town you were you were on an airplane and i'd received a, a phone call from my sister and she and she said uh things have gone downhill pretty quickly and so i was actually packing um it was probably two bags because I was just going to stay. I was my plan was just to stay with my mom. Yeah. In the uh, on the hospital cot or whatever they they give you. And I was putting together like my dop kit, toothbrush, all that stuff, a couple changes of clothes. And I was I was moving quickly in my opinion and my sister called me again. She was like what are you doing? I was like I'm, I'm putting together like some overnight bags and she said just stop what you're doing, just get here now. They're like the priest is here. Yeah. Um, I don't think that 
like maybe you had cell service on the plane. You know what I mean? Now you can get like Wi-Fi for 10 bucks, but I don't think that that was really. I necessary. think when I landed, I had the yeah. text from you and I came straight from right. the airport to the hospital right. on the north side. So unfortunately, I, I got to the hospital and, um, you know, she was still alive, but I think that they had kind of put her into a, a bit of like a morphine uh, coma, I think is what they would call that. Just kind of ease her pain mm -hmm. she um from what i'm told could hear me and things like that so i just told her how much i loved her <laughs> and um gosh i think you landed and i couldn't I have I, I, we've never really even discussed this i can't imagine what what that what that was like for you to to land um you know you open up your phone and you have text message multiple text messages from your uh husband that's saying you know my mom's going to die here if you can get to the hospital as fast as you can without getting a speeding ticket. And so she was up at uh, IU, uh, IU Carmel. It felt like you got there pretty quickly. I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, you got to say your goodbyes. And it seemed like as soon as you were done, she... Yeah. I kind of felt like she was waiting. She, I 100%. Um, I know she was waiting and I think that once she had that, she didn't have to wait anymore and yeah. that she, she moved on and that was very, um, the worst feeling that a son could have. She was young and it was. Yeah. yeah she was only 60. Yeah. So young, the older you get, 60s seems young. Yeah. When you're 10, 60 seems old, but um, she was young and, she, and you know, she had the, she had the, such a good personality. You know, mm -hmm. I loved, I loved her laugh so much. I, and I'm sure you too, were just super excited about them being grandparents. <laughs> yeah. That was, you know, when we kind of, that would have been her pride and joy. Yeah. I and, and you and I talked about this a lot before uh, Jack was actually born, was like, I think this is like, when Jack's born, this is going to give them like their new chapter. Yeah. Cause I think they were kind of like, like a new purpose stale for, yeah. for quite some time. Like, I mean, you were even like, I mean, we've got this third floor apartment I wanted to and move them Sally down. can move in. And yeah. then I was like, well, <laughs> maybe too close. Maybe, you know, she can hang out and, and if she falls asleep, she can spend the night, but we're yeah. not going to go so far as to move in. And, but I do think that there was this excitement of like this new chapter that, um, that's what children, do, do right? yeah yeah that's what children do and grandchildren do and and they would have been um specifically my mom and, you know like i said she was a nurse so that she has that um nurturing and yeah. she was just such a such a, a great she was just such a great mom to me christopher and stephanie couldn't have asked for a better childhood <laughs> mm -hmm. the world lost a, a a good person sally but, but i did want to go back to her laugh i I have voicemails. Yeah. I, I have voicemails um, from Drew, um, Sally, and I have Rick and Steph as well. And I, and I can't, uh, I can't, I still can't listen to them yet, but one day, one day I'll be able to. And, but my mom's laugh was so. It was just contagious. Just gen and it was genuine, very and genuinely contagious. Joyful. And I'm guilty of fake laughing all the time because I'm in sales. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My mom just did not fake laugh, and she, and I mean she would like her whole head would like yeah. cackle back, and, and it was just. I um, said it for the longest time, but whenever I mean, because she could curse like a sailor, but yeah. typically when something went awry, she would say "crap house mouse." Crap house mouse. Crap house mouse. Um, you know, there was a period of time where we would I kind of like alternate Sunday dinners between your dad's house and maybe like yeah, your my, parents. my parents' house too. And it's a completely different, those are just two completely evenings. Yeah. Com excuse me. Two completely different evenings, yeah. right? Like your dad's is just a chaos. Boisterous, lots of people, loud. Yeah. And, you know, to go over to my parents' house on a Sunday, you're typically- Us two and them. Pro pro yeah, probably yeah. wrapping up uh, the four o'clock football game, <laughs> calm, quiet conversations, obviously some laughter and things like that. I always had this feeling of like, I didn't want to- I didn't want it to, to end. Yeah. And I <clears throat> wrote her a letter once. 
and you did too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I added that in there because I don't, <clears throat> I'm just not sure if everybody ha has that, you know, that experience uh, as an adult, you especially, maybe, especially as an adult where it's kind of like, I'm doing this obligatory dinner. I never felt that. And um, we can talk about my dad here soon too, but I just never felt that um, I wanted to go. Yeah. And I well, remember being like, I wanted the time to slow down, you know, cause we all kind of, hell, we all went to bed early. So it was like, once it got past a certain time, I was like, well, we're, we're, we all gotta get ready for bed. I just well, and made, I think it was, such it was you guys all you guys had a new beginning you had like a new yeah yeah a few years prior there there wasn't much and um, so i think really holding on to that took you back to where you were as a kid yeah like this is it's a good point so that that makes total sense uh-huh yeah right. it was it was um and your guys relationship was wonderful my i mean obviously my mom loved you but like my, my dad like yeah. just absolutely just, adored you and I know they always look forward to that. And um, I'm just thankful that we all had that, you know. Yeah. And I wish that everybody did. It's, you know, you, know, you always hear me say that. Like, I, I just want people to be happy. I think all of our biggest fear after Sally passed was yes. Rick can't live without Sally. Exactly. That's kind of They had the next been segue. through every, <laughs> everything together, yeah. every up and down, the, the worst times, the best yeah. times. And I, I think, no matter where Sally went, Rick would go with her. And I think our biggest fear that we talked about a lot was how do we, well, we can never replace Sally, but how do we give him something to live for? And I think we both were just like, okay, let's get this baby out. Once right. the baby comes out, he'll have a reason. Yeah. Because, I mean, you talk about it now, like so many bad things have happened. And if you didn't have me, if you didn't yeah. have the kids, like, why would you keep going? What yeah. would you do? So- we wanted, I was like, okay, bring him to the house, like have yeah. him move in. Let's, yeah. let's create this second life for him that has meaning mm -hmm. that can fill some of the void that Sally left. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of expand on, on what you're saying. Um, they had been together for just so long that his life kind of stopped. Right. Yeah. So his, his, his wife passed away pretty unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, and how do you continue? And obviously, you know, he has three children. They're all kind of doing their things. But, you know, we were there for him as as best we possibly could. But like you said, it was like, oh, we got, you know, Jack is coming. And so, you know, maybe once that happens and, and it, you know, it did. And right. It did. And it did. Yeah, and so Jack was Jack. born and he was. He was there at the hospital. Uh, one of the first people. And um, where Jack got his eyes. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Jack has Rick's eyes, um, and he's Jack Richard Hawk. And fun, real quick, funny. I, I do like telling this story when I called my dad and told him our son's name, Jack Richard Hawk. I love the name Jack. Jack is also the name of my uncle, my mom's brother, who is um, like a second dad. He's like a second dad to me. Yeah, he's been he's been uh, he's been there for me for everything. Um, when some things with my parents weren't so hot, my uncle Jack was there and I just, you know, so we named Jack Richard Hawk and I called my dad to tell him my, our son's middle name was going to be Richard. And my dad said, oh, that, that's so special. Just like your middle name. <laughs> <laughs> and yours. Yeah. Dad. And I was like, well, yeah, what, it, yeah, but you. yeah, it came from you dad is what, is what, where that's coming from. I just thought that was funny. No, it was that was his takeaway. And um so oh so Jack was born. Yeah. There at the hospital. I look at those photos all the time. I love them. Um unfortunately at that hospital when he at the hospital trip was when we kind of you and I, when when dad left, you and I were kind of like, Your dad doesn't sound good vocally. Yeah. It sounds like he has um, I think we were worried he had like throat cancer, something like <laughs> severe yeah, like that. I was like yeah, I caught that. So um, I'll talk to him about it, you know. And um, my dad didn't love doctors. No. Uh, we finally got him to see like a throat specialist and they just had to do all these tests that he was very upset about. He got cleared. There was, you know, at least he told me. Yeah. I didn't see the paper. But, uh, oh, nothing to worry about, Steve. And 
and um, I realize I'm fast forwarding here just a little bit and we can rewind as well, but he was supposed to have a scope that day, whatever day it was, like probably a Monday at uh, 8 a.m. for this throat situation that was very, very, very abundantly clear. Yeah, he could could barely talk. It sounded like there was some significant swelling or something pushing on something. Yeah. Years of smoking cigarettes too. Don't smoke children if there's any kids out there. He had some neighbors that that took a liking to him, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and they were probably about my age, right? Yeah. Yeah, My dad was a fun guy, (laughs) told good stories. And and I think that they called Stephanie, right? They had Stephanie's number and they said, hey, your dad was supposed to have this scope done today at like eight. He's been talking about it for, you know, a week and a half. And uh, it's 830. Like he's not answering the door kind of thing, right? It's 830 and his car is still in in the driveway. So that's not like your dad. So no. what would you like us to do? And I think Steph said, you know, go in the door and, and wake him up or, you know, yeah. you know, maybe I slept think in. We were all panicking, but hoping yeah, it, it was, was anything. Time stops. Yeah. yeah. And um, so the um, his next door neighbor went inside the house and, uh, and their front door was set up where front door. And then you, you're looking right up the, right staircase. Up the staircase. And he... Um, was at the bottom of the staircase. He had fallen down the stairs and um, blunt force trauma to the head. So extremely unexpected, which I don't, I have conversations with people all the time. I don't know which is worse, you know? Yeah. And so my sister called me back because she had received the phone call from the neighbor and I can hear it. I can hear her say it still. You know how Steph had that very distinctive voice. And she was obviously crying and she yeah. said, he's fucking gone. He's fucking gone. And she just kept saying that she, he's fucking gone. And you you know, as well as I do, Rick and Steph were as thick as thieves. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> within six months to lose yeah, your, your mom and your, you know, your, your dad, both. And Steph was in her 20s, and she had lived her adult life with them, very close to them, until just recently when she Mm -hmm. started working for me. And I remember you kind of like grabbing things, saying you were going to go up there, and Mm. I felt very protective of you, and I was just like, absolutely not. Like, I will will go up there. I will – because they were renting, and that just had to be – it's terrible that those are the things you have to think about, but the family has to deal with that. I mean, yeah. there was, there was, he had fallen down the stairs there. And we've never actually talked about this because it was hard enough for you. And I have a slightly higher trauma tolerance than you, I suppose. So I thought it would be better for me to go mm-hmm. um, because I didn't want your family to go in there with, any kind of mess there. Right. Um, yeah, which they don't necessarily, you know, tell you, you or show you on TV is that like once, you know, once the the medics or the coroner uh, takes said body, uh, everything else it. is left. <laughs> so I drove up there and then, you know, right when I walked in the front door, obviously there's, there's blood on the ground. Yeah. Pretty immediately had a panic attack. Sure. Well, you and Rick were close. Yeah. And it was just, it was very real because it was actually seeing it. Like, I don't think a lot of people actually see that. Right. Um, and bless Kelsey and Alexa's heart. They were like, they were, they knew I was going up there and they were checking in on me. And I am not one to ask for help ever. Like, I'm the one to be the helper. And I was like, I'm not okay. Yeah. I'm not okay. And Steve's going to be even less okay. Like, I can't do this by myself. And they came up and they helped me mm-hmm. clean the whole house. Um you know, the dog had been there. Right. Um, so it was just one of the hardest things that I've ever done and still glad I did it because I can't imagine that memory being like burned in your brain. Right. You know, obviously appreciate that. I don't know what other solution. Um, well, we could have called a company, I suppose. Yeah. But I think again, that goes to like how you process grief and how you process trauma and my MO 
whether it's helpful or not, is like, okay, what's something I can do? I need to do something with my body, with my hands, with my brain. Your grief language. Yeah, I can I can do this thing and I can make it easier on him. And that shows that I love him and care about him. And that was the thing that I could do. And, you know, we had a great service for both Rick and Sally when they passed. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people came together because they were amazing and they were loved. And unfortunately, I think right after Rick passed, the same feelings we had about Rick, we had towards Steph. Yeah, hundred percent. I've been Steph's uh, not going to be okay. Like, how do we make Steph okay? I forget how many days ago, or however long it was, that you told me that that we were going to do this uh, podcast episode, and try not to pre, you know, get in my head too much about it because yeah. then it's not as authentic as 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 maybe I would like for it to be. Yeah, but. Yes, what you just said was one of the things that I was like, well, first of all, I hate it when my phone rings now. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's PTSD because I've had it uh, essentially, we'll get into the third time. So you and I, after Rick passed away and um, I mean, crammy, it was like the holidays. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And um I think God, it was like it was like the day after your birthday. Yeah. I mean, your birthday kind of Thanksgiving. It's just a couple of days after Thanksgiving, day mm-hmm. after your birthday. Like those are all pretty super challenging. challenging. Like how do you still? And they were they always will be. And then you have his birthday, December fifth. And then you have like pre Christmas, you know, like the the tree that we always did, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like on his birthday weekend, and then you know the holidays, whatever. And so. We, I think, kind of just nestled Steph up as as best we could, right? Just like, hey, come over. And she's like, for what? I think everyone around her tried to f- force her to live life. And she saw that. And I don't think. And, she, and She's more oppositional defiant very, than I am. Very, very stubborn. Very. And we did and so, the home renovation for her and moved her in there and, you know, thought, okay, this is great. This is a step. This is the first time she's lived on her own. She was working for me mm-hmm. and thought, you know, Jack was born and there was your, this purpose, like you're the auntie now and you're working and, okay, what else can we do to make her happy, make her feel involved, make her feel like there's like purpose. And mm-hmm. I think everyone involved in the situation, it's so hard not to have regrets because for me, it was Mondays she would stop coming to work and said she didn't feel good. And then right. it was months of Mondays and okay, are you sick? Do we need to see a doctor? Can we make you see a doctor? And we just couldn't. Yeah. So Rick passed away end of November Mm -hmm. and, and, um, the, and so step passed away in the next March. So there was that like basically December, January, February, huh? It was very quick. Well, yeah. But my point is, is that like you said, wasn't working much and you're like i just don't know what to do and i'm like you do you do what you got to do you know uh uh, unfortunately family wise and and, uh business owner wise and i think she just eventually kind of talked to you i was just like i just i just can't i just i can't do anything yeah i can't get out of bed and grief for her was completely overwhelming and paralyzing as it is for millions of people and um you know, when I do talk, when I do talk about this publicly, um, typically, unfortunately, on like an anniversary of some sort, I always do say, you know, like, if you want to reach out to me, you can. So if you want to find me on Instagram and, and talk, I'm always available. But she shut down. Yeah. And she stopped living. Yeah. A hundred, like a hundred percent. And uh, I had a child. And I had a job and I had a wife and my wife and my child needed me on a day-to-day basis, which is what got me out of bed, essentially. Yeah. Where we were told by her multiple times to give me space, right? I mean, I remember her being like, just give me space. I bet you if I were to pull up my text messages from her, the last 10 would be like, just she leave put me alone. paper on her windows. She just yeah. Like, she put paper up on her recluse because we were checking up on her, and um, ultimately, Chris, I don't think any of us knew how bad it was. 
Of course not. If, as you said, I, you know, we don't want to live in what ifs and, re- and regrets and things like that. But I, I had no idea, no idea. And, and this was also during COVID. COVID had started, I think, like officially, you know, for me and my company, because you were pregnant. I got a phone call. I think it was March either 10th or 13th. Those two dates stand out. And it was, um, you are no longer like, you're you're working from home now because your wife is pregnant. So call it March 10th or March 13th. So there wasn't, couldn't have, couldn't have been a whole lot of inner Interaction. Interactions, yeah. regardless. I mean, you mm-hmm. you weren't supposed to, yeah. you know, look at people. And so um, Chris and I, my brother, were doing our best to do like kind of like daily check-ins. And I know mm-hmm. you you were as well. Yeah. And there was other people all yeah. kind of on the side just kind of like doing daily check-ins. Oftentimes just un, unresponded. Well, to, most is, as it yeah. turned out, getting more and more less responsive, right? And yeah. so that's kind of when my brother Chris um, – I think he called me on a, it was like Sunday evening was like, Hey man, I'm just, just kind of worried about Steph. Her and I had been talking, you know, daily, just kind of like check in. I just, you know, kind of make stuff up just to yeah. get a response. And, and I haven't heard from her since like, I think he said Friday. Mm-hmm. And my initial reaction was kind of like, well, it's Sunday, yeah. you know, she's, she's handling things differently than you and I. I don't know. What do you, you know, what do you want to do? And he was yeah. like, I think what we should do is have go Tad, Tad go check on her. Yeah. Because uh, they were close. The, her and Tad had a good, rela- just a different, different relationship. Different yeah. relationship. One that they could probably just bitch about you. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> that was their bond. Um, and so once again, with my phone call traumas. So Chris was like, okay, so we'll send Tad over at some point. And when my phone, I was working. It was I, yeah, I was filming and I missed, I, I, I blocked, I ignored a call from Tad and then I immediately got a call from you. And I right. So it. my phone rings and I had, you know, I knew in the back of my mind that Tad was going to be visiting um, Steph's house to uh, go check on her, right? It was just like a wellness check that yeah. we have actually had done a few times prior. Yeah. And I'm basically anticipating a, hey man, we're good. Like she's, she you know, she's alive, but it's, you know, we're not, we're, she's not, uh, she's not crocheting quite yet. Was what my hope was, you know, mm-hmm. but lately my phone, my phone calls had been uh, terrible. Yeah. And, um, I think Tad has uh, an ability to be maybe like a little extra strong when need be. I think mm-hmm. yes, he, he has that power, and he got he he just got enough words out <laughs> that he said, "Hey man, you know I love you," and I just found stuff, and she's passed away on the on the bathroom floor, and I'm really you know he said, "Sorry." I hung up the phone and I, um, God bless Hannah Vaughn, our nanny, because I just, and I just lost it. Like, um, vocally, <laughs> it's just like everything came out. I mean, yeah. I was, and I, I was throwing stuff, uh, not in like a violent way, but in just like a paper, you know, just like papers on my desk, you know, you know, just threw them on the ground and I, and, I, and also Sally like used to like to say, uh, GDSOB. Goddamn son of a bitch. So I said that um a hundred times and just was cursing and yelling and I just it just what your brain how it processes. You called me. So I went downstairs and Hannah was probably just like probably what terrifying. In the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I said I just I just found out my sister passed away and I, I, I couldn't imagine being no being twenty four and yeah. hearing that and seeing an adult man, I mean, it just, I'm sure yeah. it was terrifying. She didn't say anything. Overwhelming. No. <laughs> yeah. So I get in my car and I was at the stop, uh, you know, where Virginia and our yeah. alley come together. And I called, you weren't answering, you were filming, but I think maybe I tried to again. And you're like, what's going on? And I said, Steph has passed away. Um, she's on her bathroom floor. 
And you said, you said, you said you're on your way. You said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm on my way to her house. And he said, you said, said, stop your car. Yeah. Turn around. Um, and I'm thankful that you said that because I didn't, um, I wasn't processing. My brain wasn't processing. My body was processing. Right. So I have to go see my sister. Yeah. But my brain wasn't saying that, that maybe that's not the best idea. Yeah. And I'm glad that at my last memory. Wasn't. Yeah. Because. It wasn't her. Yeah, it wasn't her. It wasn't her anymore. Yeah. And it was the very beginning of lockdown. And right. I I was mic'd. I was filming. I got your call. And I literally, I just, I spoke probably scared the shit out of everyone else because I just sprinted away. Yeah. Got in my car and left and went over there. And yeah, she just passed away on the bathroom floor. Yeah. And it was just, it was such a weird world for everything during COVID, but particularly for people who were going through that kind of thing, because even the EMTs that came, um, they were like, who's gone in the house? Like, no one's allowed in the house. We right. have to check for COVID. We have to check for this. Did she have, you know, they, they were testing everything at that point um, before they could even take her body in. Yeah, because this was very early on when, when no one knew anything. Nobody knew what was up or down. And so it was very troubling time to lose anybody uh, during COVID, especially within the first like two weeks. I yeah, mean, it was just it was brutal. It took how long to get the autopsy report? I, you know, oh my God. Months, months, months. I want to almost say four months. Yeah. And I think we were all needing that to like yeah. some kind of closure. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't give me what I thought it would give me. Um, I mean, the report said long term ethanol poisoning, which uh, is alcohol. Acute, 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 acute ethanol poisoning. So, um, yeah, it's uh, the main ingredient in what makes alcohol. So I just, I thought I th- I also, knowing would help. And I don't know if it helped you, but it just didn't, it didn't change anything for me. It didn't, didn't make it feel like, no, I, mean, it I still felt better. like what I should have done more. I could have done more. What could we do? How could we, we have pretty much, how could we have made this not happen? Right. Of course. And I think about it still to this day. And maybe this is just, how I'm choosing to process the acute alcohol poisoning, I guess, is I, I think that that's all her body was metabolizing for a, a certain period of time. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, excessively drinking uh, newsflash isn't good for you. I think when it's like the only thing that your body yeah, is getting. Yeah, I don't think getting, she was eating. I don't think she was. Yeah, I don't think that. And even, you know, you and I always kind of notice, like, even when she would come over for dinners and stuff, she would have one cocktail. Yeah. And she wouldn't eat much. Yeah. You know, I think we kind of started clocking it towards the end. It's just like. Or like, it, is she even, drinking before? Like, what? It just don't, that, it didn't but, make sense. Yeah. And then after we found out that it was um, ethanol poisoning, I was like. My word. I mean, you know, and she comes over to our house to, to have a good time. She literally will have one cocktail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like. So I think that I think that she went into I think she literally. I don't you know, I. I, I think she was in a hole I, that no matter what yeah, anyone I, could I, have done. I think she kind of checked out and, coming out of. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big thing. That I'm sure lots of people feel all, I mean, even thinking about the conversations I've gotten into, um, like fertility and miscarriages and, you know, you just look at yourself, like, what did I do? What could I have done differently? Did I work out? And I had a miscarriage, you know, could we have forced step out of the house? Could we have done anything differently? Mm-hmm. And it's just really hard to sit with not knowing. Well, of course. And that's the messiness sometimes um, with grief. I think, I mean, you know, there's so many stages and processes and steps of grief mm-hmm. and that being one of them. So the grief process is, it's, it's a, it's a wild, it's a wild process. It's not linear. Someone, what that, it wasn't even oh, yeah. a question. It was yeah, just like a grief is not linear. No. Like, yeah, yeah. There'll be days yeah. where I, come home or I get a text from you and it's just like, I I can't today. I'm having a bad day. And I've had to work really hard 
to respond to your grief in a way that is what you need and not what I think you need because mm. I am a fixer. So I, I mean, and I think I've gotten better about it. Like, okay, what, what can it, you're having a bad day. What is the thing that I can do today to, do you need my physical presence? Do you need me just to check in? Do you just need, and I love you. Um, Sorry, but I think sometimes, your yeah, your face <laughs> grip on my hand. What you need to maybe understand, realize, and any any other partner or other person, because sometimes I initiate that, right? I'll mm -hmm. text you or call you and say, hey, I'm having like, I'll call it like a Rick day. I'm having yeah. a bad Rick day. I'm not asking for an answer. No. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. That I might be a little emotional today. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with anything other than, I, you know, I saw a movie clip or a song or. Or nothing. Or, nothing. Whatever it was. I'm just letting you know that it might be a little off kilter. So I don't want you to necessarily think or anybody else that, 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 that I'm looking for you to like come home and, you know, and, and fix it because yeah. sometimes that's not. um possible mm -hmm. and that's also what kind of um, is crummy about the situation where <laughs> i wish that i could text you and be like oh here's the answer to yeah. me having a bad rick day you know it's just not the thing but i think that you put too much pressure on yourself by being like okay well how do i fix this what do i say I, that's not necessarily what i'm looking for or well and i think <laughs> that's something that's helpful to share with people is a lot of the questions were, how do you support your spouse yeah. and vice versa? And I really think, you know, cheesy, but what it comes down to is communication. Like mm -hmm. you just sharing. Yeah. I'm having a bad Rick day. Yeah. I don't need you to do anything. Right. Or I'm having a bad Rick day. Is it at all possible for you to get home from work early so we can spend time together? Yeah. Or, you know, whatever, whatever the need is. I think a lot of times in relationships, particularly when you've been gone together, when you've been together so long, and we have this conversation all the time, like you can't expect me to read your mind. Mm -hmm. I can't read your mind and vice versa. But I think I personally have a hard time saying what I need, asking for help. And I'm like, and like, you know, I I just want you to want to wash the dishes, that whole thing. Well, that's a and bad it, example. Well, no, I'm just saying it's the mind, the, the mind reading. Like you can't expect your partner to know what you need if it is anything. And I think we've gotten a lot better at communicating, not even just around this topic, but in general, this is how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it, it goes both ways where like I'll start to make suggestions or say you should do it this way. And I'm like, nope, no. Hey, do are you just sharing your feelings or is there something or do you want suggestions? Do you want right. an ask? Because when you just throw that on people, A, it's annoying. Yeah. And B, it's just, it's not what they need. So from the spouse that's been kind of on, not the sidelines, but it feels weird even saying, but like your grief, it feels weird to claim as like mine. It is yours. Because it was your family, but it is. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was mine your, too. Yeah. And just, just letting each other know when like weird things hit me weird. I mean, every once in a while, like Charlie is starting to look so much like Steph yeah, and I'll look at it and I'm just... Yeah. So happy and so sad at the same right. time. It's a really weird feeling. It is. Yeah. I think we've had it at the same time before yeah. and like not even had to communicate it to each other uh, necessarily. But it, just even her like smile and her teeth and just, just everything about Charlie right yeah. now. I'm just I look at her, which is a blessing. Yeah. Um, but also can make those feelings shift kind of quick, too. Yeah. It's China, tough with China. our kids just because well, they're so young. Yeah, they are young. But, you know, um, gosh, unfortunately, just when uh, um, we can talk about this another time. But in my early 20s, my family lost uh, most of our possessions. Your, your home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the home carried yeah. the possessions. I just don't have a lot of... Um, there's not like I, I pictures of, of you pictures. when you were a kid. Yeah, it's in it, in it and it stinks, but um, it's the reality. But my mom did make me a little photo album for my birthday a few years ago. Yeah, I think even you were around. Um, so what wasn't that long ago? Yeah, and um, it is in the music room currently. What is now the music room? Mm -hmm. And Jack likes to 
kind of tinker in there a little bit. Uh, books and there's a lot of Beatles books and mm -hmm. things like that. And he got the the photo album book out. And Jack likes Jack likes pictures. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh, <laughs> it was so funny." He was he said, "Are these pictures of you, Dad?" And I said, "Well, yeah. Most of them have some uh, a form of me in it." Yeah. You know? He's like, "Can we look at it together?" And I was like, "Yeah." So we sat on the big ottoman and we were looking at it. And him and I look a lot alike. Mm -hmm. Did he ask if it was him? Yeah. So he was like, he was kind of, you know, putting, he was like, that's not me. But you're 40. And you've always been 40. Yeah. You know, in his brain. Yeah. Who is that? I said, well, that's me when I was five on the beach, you know, almost your age. And he was like you look like me, you know, and he was just kind of processing it. And I was like, yeah, man, I like, I used to be a young boy too. And we'd flip the page and he, and he goes, and that's your sister. Uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, that's, um, Steph. And he says, and that's your dad. And I said, yeah, Poppy. Yeah. And he says, and that's your mom. And I said, yeah, Momo. And he said, and they've all passed away yeah and i said yes they've all passed away and um he said where are they now and oh, it was, shit. And yeah. i know it's just such um and you know i struggle with this right yeah i mean this is um not just that answer but um i need to know where they are yeah. <laughs> and we all like this like everybody that's ever lost somebody that's part of the the grieving process yeah is like okay you know, if you ask um, a devout Catholic, well, I'll see you soon in the kingdom of heaven. And, yeah. and, um, and if you ask somebody else, it's, it's, it's a different answer. And, and we all can't be right. And um, well, and I don't know what people believe in what they were raised to believe. And I think we will kind of feel like leaving some space for them to figure that out on their own. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's. The, but the then again, one. it's so weird because then he probably was like, hey, do you want to play dinos? Well, so that's a good point. So I was like, you know, he was like, where are they now? And I said, you know, because I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. I mean, do, it, do I, you know, we've had this conversation yeah. and it's like, do I make go down this complete cloud in the skies? And, you know, mm. uh, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. Um, so I said, you know, I'm not, I'm just not quite sure. And I hope to, uh, I, I don't, I don't know right now. And sure shit. Just like you said, he was like, all right, well, I'm done with that. So can we go play with some dinos? Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I'm sure that's what we ended up doing, but I think it's just because they didn't really know them. I mean, we have pictures yeah. of Jack when he was two months old with Rick and mm -hmm. he sees those and we have to like, yeah, that was you when you were a baby. Like you met Poppy. Yeah. Um, and we have our wedding pictures in the hallway. So anytime we come in and out of the house, they see the whole family right. and we'll go up to the pictures and point at them and say, mom, dad, like Momo. Uh -huh. I mean, they're yeah. all in there. So to them, they know them, but they just know this like two dimensional version of them. Right. And Jack knows that he's named after uncle Jack mm -hmm. and dad's dad. Mm -hmm. Charlie probably doesn't get the significance yeah. of her middle name yet. But I think it's just those little things that you can do, like have the pictures around, talk to them about them. Cause I think it's when you don't talk about it. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm dreading and also looking forward to being able to tell my children and, and you to tell that. our children about um, their parents and their um, aunt stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to be hard and also therapeutic for us, I think. Well, because it's going to be reoccurring. I mean, even with Jack, I feel like once a year he comes up to you and like talks about your tattoos and are like, what's this one? And you're uh -huh. like, explain. This one's for Rick. Oh, yeah. what's this one? This is Momo's fingerprint. Like, yeah. Not everyone has it on their sleeve, but I think it's the same way with pictures in the house. Just having something that makes sense for you, even if it's, you know, the urns with their ashes in them, just spark the conversation. So. Yeah. And I think it's important. I think everybody likes when I say the holidays, you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, end of November through January 2nd. Mm -hmm. Everybody likes the holidays, I hope. 
Um, but those are especially difficult for me yeah. because um, my mom and dad really loved the holidays and they were uh, a big deal and they did everything that they could for us. Um, and so that's why the holidays are a big deal for me and my children and for you. And yeah, you always want, like I, you know, I want to uh, raise the best kids that we can, you know, like being kind, I think is mm -hmm. like our number one thing that we want our kids to be yeah, thoughtful and, and stuff like that to other people's feelings. Um, so I don't know with the, with the grief thing and, and, and parenting, it's, it's, it's difficult in our current state, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're so young. Yeah. So I think it'll change as they get, as they get older too. I mean, right now Jack's content with the answer, you know, they passed away. Yeah. At some point he's going to say how they die. Yeah. And you know, the first conversation of that is probably going to be different from the conversation he could hear when he's 18 or 25, just because I think it's important to share on their level. Okay. You're four. They've passed away. Cause you don't get process anything more than that. So it is interesting that he does say passed away. I'm not sure if that's something that, that, um, I have said, and he's, well, he also thinks Jesus put him in your ball sack. So, you know, but not something that I told him. <laughs> We have this ongoing, uh, very entertaining conversation because Steve tells our son that he came from his ball sack, which is not incorrect. And Hannah's mom is uh, very Christian. And when Jack said it to her, she said, uh, no, Jesus made you. So we are at the middle ground now where Jesus put Jack in daddy's ball sack. And that's where he came from. Yeah. <laughs> Just putting it all out there. I feel like hopefully this has been helpful. Part one, let's call it part one, I guess. Yeah. Um, um, time there's, is... there's a whole lot to unpack between you and I and our separate lives and our lives together. So I'm sure we'll well, have... I just mean like but the, the grief stuff is just so so important to me um, because I live with it and you and you do too. I don't, Yeah. I can only speak for myself. Every day, every, um, sometimes all day, right? Yeah, it's not just an experience that you go through and then it goes away. And then, and I have people reach out on Instagram and um, as early as like last week, I had uh, a lady message me and was like, I'm having a hard time. If we could connect, that would mean a lot to me. Um, she gave me her cell phone number. We talked for a little while. And at the end of it, she was like, this has, you might not believe me, but this conversation is like. Saved my life. Saved me. So. I think it, the, such a big part of the human condition is just wanting to be able to connect with other people. That's it. And that's honestly a, a big reason for doing the podcast is, you know, I get to connect with them on a small level in other ways, but there's so many things that if we can talk about them, like not, this wasn't comfortable for you, but it was something you can do and probably is therapeutic and who knows how many people it's going to give permission to feel their grief in a healthier way, to go seek therapy, to do yeah. whatever they need to do. And that's something you Chill can do out for that. Drink, you know, if that's your outlet for, yeah. for grief. And as you like to say, I love to help strangers. You do. You love to help strangers. All right. Well, that is it for this episode of Mina AF. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to leave me a question. There's a link in the show notes. And definitely don't forget to subscribe. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.